0: So Carolina Movement is one of your mission partners. And it is such a privilege to partner together with Chatham Community Church to help people all across the state, not just in Chatham County, but all across the state know Christ. Now, let me share a couple of things that that I'm passionate about outside of just my family. One is North Carolina. I love North Carolina. I am born and raised, probably one of the few. How many of you are born and raised here in North Carolina? All right, so one of the few, okay? And so, amen, sister. All right. So I was born in Reidsville, North Carolina, uh, which is just north of Greensboro. And now, it's a small town, so if you wanted to go to a, to a sit-down restaurant, you wanted to go on a date, you were going to have to drive to Greensboro. Uh, my parents were divorced. And so my dad lived in Durham, so I made a lot of trips up to the Triangle before I knew I was going to live here in the Triangle. Uh, and then my senior year, I got accepted to NC State. Go Pack. Any, any Wolfpack fans in the house? Okay i see you, girl. All right, so got accepted to NC State, and man, just fell in love with this area, fell in love with the Triangle. I went to seminary in Wake Forest. Uh, first church I worked at was actually in Moxville, which is the other side of Winston-Salem, all right? And so I would drive back and forth every weekend as a, as a road, road youth pastor <laughs> every single weekend. And then I finally got a job here in Cary, which is not too far from here. Um, and then I met a girl from Chapel Hill, Jen Fulcher from Chapel Hill and she had just come back from UNC Charlotte where she had graduated and we met and got married, settled down in Apex, and her in-laws live right down the road in Pittsburgh. So as you can see, and we grew up good. I go on to vacation, right? One of the beautiful things about North Carolina is you got the beach and the mountains. Right? And so every, every summer we're at the beach, and then we're at the, at the mountains every fall, seeing those leaves turn. And so God has just given me a, a, an incredible call and love for this state. And, and so over the last few years, really started to wrestle, okay, I, I really truly believe that God is calling my family and I as missionaries to North Carolina. And, and what does that look like? The second thing that I love is the local church. I love the local church. I believe the local church is God's plan A to help people know Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I will build my what? Church, not my nonprofit, not my community center. He said, I will build my church. Then he gave the church a mission, and we're going to talk about that. However, when you think about the local church in North Carolina, the reality is the local church in North Carolina is not doing so good. I have a saying that I like to say, that facts are friends. Everybody say it with me. Facts are friends. So we don't, we don't do ourselves any favors, right, by burying ourselves in, in, in the sand and pretending like everything is wonderful. And so I just want to share a few facts that I think are very important to help us be able to see Jesus build his church here in North Carolina. Number one. Less than 18% of people in America, including North Carolina, go to church on Sundays. So North Carolina has a population of over 10 million people and growing. If 82% of people in North Carolina are somewhere other than a local church this morning, that means that there's well over 8 million people who are not at church this Sunday morning. Number two. Church attendance in America is declining. Every major study shows that church attendance in America has declined over the last 50 years. David Olson states in his book, The American Church in Crisis, that every state in the continental U.S., including North Carolina, has experienced a decrease in church attendance. Fact number three, there are fewer churches per person than ever before. Fewer churches per person. In 1900, there were 27 churches for every 10,000 people. In 1950, there were 17 churches for every 10,000 people. By 1996, there were only 11 churches for every 10,000 people. In other words, the population has exploded, but the number of churches has not kept up with the growth of the population. Finally, number four, existing churches are more and more less effective, less and less effective In 1950, the average church of 100 people saw five and a half people follow Jesus in baptism per year. However, by 2011, the average church of 100 people were only seeing two people follow Jesus in baptism. In 2018, baptisms hit their lowest level in 74 years. In 2019, more than half of churches in North Carolina saw zero baptisms. And before the pandemic in 2020, the number of baptisms in North Carolina was down 50% over the previous year. So let me just let me sum it up for you. Less than 18% of people go to church. Church attendance is declining. There are fewer churches, and the churches that we do have are reaching less people than ever before. So this is not my opinion. These are the facts. This is the state of the church here in North Carolina. So Let's go to the words of Jesus. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So how do we reconcile the reality, the current state of the church in North Carolina with the promise, the words of Jesus? Is Jesus, was he mistaken? What's going on? Well, let's zoom out. I love what Brian was saying about the, the church is bigger than North Carolina. The church is bigger than America. We serve a global community. God, who is building a global church, the reality is the church around the world is exploding. The church of Jesus is exploding around the world. It's growing like crazy in places like Africa, Asia, and South America. By 2050, the global Christian population is expected to reach 3 billion people. That's billion with a B. That's a lot of followers of Jesus around the world. So Jesus is building his church. There are more Christians alive today than any other time in history. So what is going on here in America? What is going on here in North Carolina? Well that's what I wanna talk about this morning and we're gonna spend our time looking at the words of Jesus. I think some of the most important words of Jesus in all of the scriptures. So would you join me as we pray and we ask God through his Holy Spirit to give us wisdom of how we can be faithful servants and we can serve him well as his local church here in Chatham, North Carolina. Heavenly Father, thank you. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who brings salvation to all who call on him. God, who, whose death on the cross, God has shed blood and, and his resurrection brings life, life to the full for all who place their faith in him. Father, would you open our eyes to, to understand your word, God, would you open our ears to hear your word? Would you open our hearts to receive your word? God, would you help us to work together as brothers and sisters in Christ to help our community and our state know the salvation that is offered in Christ? So, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to look at three great statements by Jesus. Three great statements by Jesus. All right, the first one, The first great statement of Jesus is the Great Commission. How many of you have heard of the Great Commission? Some of Jesus' final words, Matthew 28. I'm going to read them to you. Jesus said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So if the age ain't ended, Jesus ain't gone. So he's still with us. That's good news, right? The presence of Jesus Christ is still with us. He has not abandoned us. He has not left us, and he never will. So these are the last words of Jesus before he ascends into heaven, and he gives the church a mission. See, there's a lot of churches over the years can have something called mission drift, where we start doing things that are good things, but that are secondary things to the mission of Jesus. And so, you know, we all of our churches have, you know, different mission statements. You know, for at Point Church, it's uh, pointing people to Jesus. But the reality is that's just like a cute way to repackage and rephrase the Great Commission. Because we all, all churches of Jesus have the same mission, the Great Commission, all right? And it's called a co-mission because we do it together. The Great Commission to go and make disciples Jesus so first thing we see is that if we are going to be the church of Jesus we must go we must go if we're going to be the church of Jesus we must go all right second great teaching of Jesus the great commandment you guys heard this the great commandment Jesus was asked right teacher what is the greatest commandment let's read what he says one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one answered Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. See, the reality is when he was asked for one, he gave two. Why? Because they go so, so integrally together. They're so intertwined with one another that you cannot love God without loving your neighbor. And, And what I see as I go around to a lot of churches across our state is that many churches, You know, we we gather and we sing songs to God. We worship God. We praise him. We exalt him. We declare our love for him. But then we go into the community and we drive into our garage and we hang out in our fenced-in backyards. And not only do we not love our neighbors, we don't even know our neighbors. If we're going to be the church of Jesus, then we must love. We must go and we must love. However, there's one final great statement that has been called the great omission of the church here in America. And I believe this is the missing ingredient for us being able to actually reach our counties, our state, and our country. And it's called the great collaboration. John 17, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, Jesus' longest recorded prayer in Scripture. Jesus, it's, it, he's getting ready to, to go to the cross. And he prays this prayer where he prays for himself. He prays for his disciples. And then in the one place in the scriptures, Jesus prays for us. He prays for all those who would believe in him through their message, which is me and is you. And I want you to listen to what Jesus prays. He could have prayed anything, right? I mean, he's Jesus, He could have prayed for anything. So what does he pray for us as his followers in North Carolina, 2022? Let's read his words. John 17, starting in verse 20, says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. So this prayer of Jesus is directly for us, for all who would believe. And Jesus prayed one simple thing. He prayed that we would be one. Jesus prayed that we would be one. Jesus prayed that we would be brought to complete unity. Complete unity. Now, I think it's so important to realize who this is for. Is this just for Chatham Community Church It's just just for Point Church. It's just for Chapel Hill Baptist Church. I mean, no, this is for all of us that we would be one. So what does it look like for our different churches, our different local churches to be one? What does it look like for us to be brought to complete unity? What does it look like for us to be sister churches, for us to be brothers and sisters in Christ, for us to be family if you were to take an honest assessment, you were to look at the spiritual landscape, how many people from other churches are you interacting with? Would, would people in our community who do not know Christ, would they say, man, you know what? All the churches in Chatham County, man, there's just a oneness. Like, man, they just love each other. They work together. They partner together. They pray for each other. Churches in Chapel Hill, man, they just love each other. I mean, it's crazy. Like the way that they partner and love and work together and, and care for one another and help each other is just so amazing. Have, have you ever heard your, your, your neighbors or your non-Christian uh, people at your office, have you ever heard them say something like that? I don't think so. This is probably the thing that we as Christians in America ignore more than any other right? We, we have a national holiday, right? Independence Day. And, and so, we love to be independent, and we're independent churches, right? Nobody tells our churches what to do, which that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when we take independence to mean isolation, now we have a huge problem. When we, when we say, yes, we're independent, and what that means is that we're going to do everything by ourselves, and we're not going to work with anybody else. That's a huge problem, and that has been the culture of the church in North Carolina, the ch- culture of the church in America for way too long. I remember when I started at my very first church in Moxfield, North Carolina. I don't know where you're from. I'm guessing it's somewhere. Was, come on, girl. Moxville, North Carolina. I was 20 years old, and the pastor there took me on a church tour, and he took me to one church, and he was like, okay. This church was planted in so-and-so date. um, And then they had this big fight. And then he took me to the next church. Okay, this church split off of that church. And then this is what happened here. And then this church had a fight. And then he took me to another church. And this is a church that split off of that. He took me to six different churches. Pretty much every single church within like a 10-mile radius was a church split off of this original church. That is how, for years, that was our number one church planting methodology is, I get mad at you. I can't stand you. I don't like working with you. I don't like worshiping with you. You believe a little bit differently than me, and so I'm going to take me and my friends, and we're going to start another church down the road. Now, God can work all things, even dumb things, even unbiblical things for good, right? And so, praise God that you know, they weren't planning churches, but he, he was using things that weren't good for good. But guys, there's got to be a better way than that. What is, the, what is the message that sends to our community? And do you think any of those churches work together? No, no, no. I mean, they, they may cuss at each other at the church softball league, but beyond that, that's it. There's got to be a better way. Because that is not the way of Jesus. In order to be the church of Jesus, we must work together. In order to be the church of Jesus, in order to reach this county, in order to reach the triangle, in order to reach the state, we must work together. See, one of the things that happened is we started having a a missional uh, misunderstanding. Somehow, we started thinking that, missionaries are people who go somewhere else and that the mission is in another country and that we here, well, everybody's a Christian here, right? And so we're just going to worry about reaching people over there, but we're good over here. Well, I think over the last 25 years, the last 10 years, the last five years, we started seeing that, no, the mission field is here. mission field is in Chatham County. The mission field is in North Carolina. You know that that we are currently, I think it's, it's a long ways, I used to have it memorized, but how far we are from Jerusalem, we are the ends of the earth. Right here in Chatham County, we are thousands of miles away from where Jesus gave those words in Matthew 28. We are the ends of the earth. And God has been faithful. Jesus has built his church And if we will continue to do things in the way of Jesus, if we will go, we will love, and we will do it together, we can continue to see Jesus build his church here in this county and across our state. Look at this uh, picture. Do we have it up there? This is the Jesus mission, that we would go, that we would love, and that we would do it together. And so our heartbeat at Carolina Moving, my heartbeat as a pastor is how do we recapture this idea that we are partners, we are sister churches, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so that's really the heartbeat that Carolina Movement was born. Because we believe that churches working together to plant churches is the most effective method of evangelism. Tim Keller says it this way. says, The only way to increase the number of Christians in a city is to plant thousands of new churches thousands of new churches let me give you one example Um, during the pandemic 2020 january 2020 uh, waterview church was planted and chatham community church and point church and mountainside community church in boone partnered together to help resource and fund and support this new church in Lake Norman. And I remember going there on their grand opening. It was in January. It was in the middle of COVID. I, I'm like, this seems like a bad idea. <laughs> but he had faith. He'd been, he'd been working, and he had faith. And it was snowing that day. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like man, I feel so bad. This guy's going to be a failure. Um, He's worked so hard. And, and by God's grace, it was like 33 degrees, and it didn't quite stick. And, and he sent out all these postcards. And, and I was sitting in the parking lot. It was raining. I had an umbrella. And I started watching car after car after car after car driving to the parking lot. And this new church didn't die. This church survived and is flourishing They are reaching people like crazy in Lake Norman, people who need to know Jesus. And if it wasn't for your church and Point Church and Mountainside Community Church and other churches who came along and supported them, they would not exist. But because we work together, there is a church reaching people for Christ in Lake Norman. Jesus is building his church because we went we loved, and we did it together. Jason preached at your uh, Pittsburgh campus a few weeks ago. You can listen to it online. And man, it is just so encouraging to see how God is moving through Waterview Church and Lake Norman. And so thank you. So let me, let me make sure you hear me say, you guys are living this out. And, and we want to continue to think of what are more and more ways we can work together to go and to love people in Chatham County, in the Triangle, and in North Carolina. So here's my next step for you. Super practical for you, not just for the church, but for you. Are you ready? View people from other churches as teammates instead of competition. View view people from other churches, where you live, your neighbors, as teammates instead of competition. How many of you guys like sports? Any sports fans? All right, so in pretty much every single team sport, what do they wear? A, a jersey, right? A uniform, all right? And so in almost every single team sport, right? volleyball. You, you can pray for my daughter. She's trying out for the, for the volleyball team on Monday. We've been practicing. It was super high yesterday. Um, but assuming she makes the team, she's going to get a jersey. And on the front of that jersey, what is it, what's it going to have? Name of the team. That's right, the name of the team. And on the back of the jersey, what is it going to have? A number, right? And if it's really fancy, it's going to have what? Her last name. If it's really fancy, it's going to have her last name. The name on the front of the jersey is the name of the team. The name of the back and the number represents the player. And for far too long, the church in America the name on the front of the jersey has been Point Church, or Chatham Community Church, or Chapel Hill Baptist Church. And we've had it all backwards. Because the name on the front of the jersey has to be Jesus Christ. That we are on the same team. We're not competition, we're teammates. See, it's so important to understand this, because when you're playing, playing basketball, if you see somebody in a different color jersey with a different name on it, right, then you're playing against them. But if you see somebody with your team's name and your team's colors, then you're going to pass them the ball. You're going to work together, and you're going to score, and you're going to win. But as long as you don't know who's on your team, you don't know who's your teammates, and you don't know who's the enemy, you will never win. You'll never win. See, we have to get to the point where we view people in our community, who are part of other churches, as our teammates that we love, that we cheer for, that we're praying for, that we're helping. And the name on the back is the name of our church, not the name on the front. Let me just give you one example. So uh, every Friday morning, me and three other guys, we get together at Panera Coffee in Apex, if you ever want to find me going to track me down. Let's go to Panera. I got the Sip Club. So I'm like, man, they're they like paying me money at Panera. And so we're getting coffee. We're studying the Bible. And we're praying for people by name in our life who need to know Christ. And so my friend Jared, has been, we've been praying for his friend Mark for years. Mark uh, deals with uh, alcohol addiction. He's an alcoholic and just really struggling. And we've been praying for him, been praying for him, praying for him. Um, it's just in a really bad place. He's about to lose his job. And guess where he lives? He lives right outside of Lake Norman. I'm not making this up. And so when it came time for that day at Waterview Church in January 2020, my friend Jared invited his friend Mark to meet me that morning at Waterview Church. And Mark brought his fiance. And they came to that church. They found Christ in that church. He overcame his alcohol addiction in that church. They got married by Pastor Jason. He did the premarital counseling. And now they are worshiping Jesus and inviting their friends. And it wasn't at Point Church. It wasn't at Chatham Church. It was at Waterview Church. But guess what? That's a team victory because we're part of Team Jesus, right? Hey guys, I can promise you. I was celebrating that harder than anybody who got baptized at my church that year because we're on the same team. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and I just want us to pray the words of Jesus. Pray the words of Jesus over our churches, over our state, and pray that God would help us to shift our minds, shift our mentalities, to see people from other churches as our teammates. Heavenly Father, I pray also for those who would believe in your son, Jesus, that all of them may be one. Father, just as we are in you, God, would we be one together? God, would we view one another as brothers and sisters to be loved instead of enemies and competition? Would you give us wisdom? Would you show us how we can work together instead of against each other? to help more people know your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.